Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. And Popovich trying to get one of the guys on this bench to get in the ball. No, he's trying to get Keldon Johnson to drive. He does to the basket. Blocked by Gobert. Back out to Johnson. Thinks about a three. Gobert comes out to him. He crosses over, dribbles it off his foot out of bounds. Don't you test Rudy Gobert. DeRozan inside tries to go over Rudy and gets eradicated at the rim on the first play of the second half of the Jazz leading at 60 to 43. Top to Pirtle, left side DeRozan, left side of the floor, which he prefers. Bounces to Pirtle, he's at the dotted line. Gobert knocks it away, a little larceny. Bogdanovich, baseline drive, hard grab, reverse side layup. Good boy on Bogdanovich with a dipsy doo layup. Timeout, Greg Popovich. Oh, that long white hair's got flames coming out of the back of his ears and might ignite as he's upset again. First off, we did a great job running back. You know, I don't think they they have a lot of transition transition points. Uh, communication was was really there. You know, everybody was talking and um, and we rebounded. You know, we got we didn't give them much second point shots, and you know, you try to make them earn everything that they got. Split story of the day brought to you by Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or need a CPAP machine? Make sure you call Sound Sleep Medical. They can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com as well. All right, there you go. Jazz get the uh, a lot to a little win last night over the uh, San Antonio Spurs. The Jazz uh, coming off those two losses against Minnesota. Things were feeling down and feeling negative. Things were not looking great. Then they get a hard-earned win against Toronto on Saturday where they looked like they were dead people uh, revived just for a, a few. It's like they got that shot in Pulp Fiction just to get through the second half of that game. Got that gutty win against the, the Raptors. And then last night just took care of business pretty much from start to finish against the Spurs. Gordon, uh, what I was most impressed with last night is just what Rudy Gobert was talking about there. This was a very much a defense leading to offense production last night from the Utah Jazz. And that has not been the case a lot this, this season. In fact, we'll get into this uh, in detail later, but yesterday PK and, and Chris Mannix, I had them on and I asked them the one thing standing between the Jazz and winning it all. And my answer was, the lack of defensive uh, prowess or, or even just average defense performance when Gobert is on the bench. Well, last night the Jazz were lights out on that end of the floor and it turned it over to the offensive side. The Spurs, Gordon, last night only shot 18 threes. The league average is 34 a night. The Spurs average is dead last in the league at 28 a night, but the Jazz defense chased them to 18 threes below their average attempts per game. The defense led to the offense was my takeaway last night. Well, that's that's been my opinion all year. And, uh, you know, in my conversations with, with Quinn and uh, just observing what the Jazz have done, some people think their offense triggers their defense. I think their defense triggers their offense. I really, there are times when the Jazz get out and are shooting the ball well and it just looks like they can do whatever they want and they don't have to worry about the defensive end. But that's a dangerous way to play, especially in preparation for the playoffs for this team. If they hunker down at the defensive end, and by the way, I consider rebounding part of the defense, and they they, they were on point uh, with that uh, against the Spurs. 
So I mean, would they outboard them by 13, something like that? Yes, yep. And so that's generally going to win games for the Utah Jazz. There may be a rare outlier in that regard, but when the, when the Jazz are playing defense and rebounding, then then they're going to win. I, I'd say if they're really on their defense and they're rebounding hard, then I say they win 90% of those games. Oh, absolutely. yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Not to mention what's obvious, and that is that that defense leads to the Jazz uh, – getting fortuitous opportunities at the offensive end. And the Jazz, what are they, dead last in the league in steals? Yeah. Something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just don't they just do not do that as uh, proficiently as many other teams. But, but when they do get out and run, it certainly helps them and it triggers that offensive attack. And so, yeah, they, I agree. I think I agree with you. Okay. I don't know what the other guys said, but uh, I, what did they say? Well, PK uh, had an interesting re- – and PK kind of went after me with my, my take. I did focus a little more on specifically when you replace Gobert with Favors this season. Uh-huh. And I, I love and respect Favors, but I think it's pretty stark. Yes. Uh, the comparison between the two. And his argument, as was our producer Brian, they were saying against me that – well, that just shows how good Gobert is, which is true. But uh, PK's actual answer was a team-wide shooting slump is the only thing standing between them and the, and the whole thing. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, that's a good argument. But I, I think the more consistent uh, – it's just unrealistic to expect the Jazz to shoot 55% all the time. They're, they're not going to do that, especially in the playoffs. And so I, I have seen the Jazz – not shoot well and get crushed and that that uh i mean it's hard to argue with pk in that regard yeah. but if i had to pick one over the other i would go with what what a more general response uh, along the lines of what you're saying that the, if the jazz get uh, hunkered down and, and 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 play rough and and uh you know physical defense uh preferably without fouling and hit those boards hard man they're on their way they're on their way going the other direction. And it's easier to get defensive rebounds when you're playing defense, right? Right, yeah. Because yeah. they're going to miss more shots. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I've seen the Jazz in situations where they couldn't outscore teams. and Where they it, could not? Could yeah. not. And that's, uh, that, that's a little problematic for them. Uh, I bet you, I don't know this for a fact, and Quinn, if you're listening and you disagree with this, please call in. I bet he would say what you said in, in some form, in some. Eric, mind the f- my, man the phones. Quinn Snyder might call in. I don't know. Uh, Quinn, call it. If you're within <laughs> the sound of our voices right now, please give us a call. Come down to the dish bros. <laughs> Quinn, <laughs> Get some jazz gear. No, no, Quinn, call in and tell me I'm right. That's, <laughs> that's what I if we're hear. wrong, ignore us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend you're not listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, because the, the whole point, and we tease you, Gordon, uh, from time to time because the Jazz will win by 48 and you'll be like, well, they had 21 turnovers. Well, the whole key behind defense leading to offense is that if you're wanting the offense to lead to the defense, what you end up doing is throwing bad passes, making bad dribbles, setting bad screens, and turning the ball over. And we've seen all of that. And putting your defense in a, an impossible position to stop the other team. The one thing you got to stay out of is transition defense. If you, if you can avoid transition defense, you're probably going to have a really good defensive night, and that will lead to better offense. So why have I been talking about turnovers for two years now, three years, I think, and there are others who, who just make, make light of it. They say, ah, oh, turnovers don't matter. <laughs> 
Well, they do. It, it's not. I think that it's. Uh, it's not that turnovers don't matter. I think I there's know, this movement the, the of the turnovers that lead to easy <laughs> points, right? Yes, yes. The going back to that body language thing that we were talking about to start the show. That's exactly what. But, but it's a matter of <laughs> economics, you know. People say, "Oh, well, the turnovers only hurt you if they lead the easy baskets the other way." Well, yeah, but they, wait a minute. You just missed an opportunity. It's a it's a matter of economics. Yeah, not yes. only do you give up something at the other end, you give up something at your end. There, and I think that I'm – actually, I think I'm more on your side here that I think the total number of turnovers is more important to me because it shows how many possessions you wasted. Yeah. How many possessions you didn't have an opportunity to score right. because of your play. And that's my point, as opposed to, yeah, but if you only give up the easy baskets at the other end, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. Because you still missed your opportunity. But I do understand those that say there's different types of turnovers, and I think you do as well. But I think we're on the same page. Well, yeah, but some are total even worse than the other. Yeah. Exactly. But live ball turnovers, live ball turnovers versus you know a travel where it takes right. it out of bounds. Right. You can set up your defense. Right. Live ball gets into that transition problem. But both are both are a penalty. To Detrimental. Your team. Yeah. I, 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 so I. I, and I get the uh, the logic, but some people say, well, look at LeBron. He turns the ball over a lot, and he's the best player in the league or, or somebody else. And I've heard that argument, and I've heard that argument on our show from people that we have on our show who are supposedly really smart. But I, Jake Scott, yeah. Uh, not, not just Jake, <laughs> just but uh, I don't know. Did, what, where's Jake? I was just I, shining him. I, you know, I, I never listened to Jake, so I, I don't know exactly <laughs> who? what he Jake said. Who? Jake yeah. <laughs> who? But uh, just kidding, Jake. Congratulations, boy. On that uh, addition to the family, by the way. But anyway, uh, turnovers. If I were a coach, turnovers would drive me crazy. And, and I like what Quinn he says. Don't don't pass it when there's a guy there. Here's what you, you know? do. Don't throw it to the other team. <laughs> team on three. Ready? Break. I, no, Brilliant. This, this is complicated, <laughs> but I've studied it out, and I think that's probably the best way to go. Might be my favorite Quinn Snyder moment of all time was in that press conference. What exactly said. did he say? Well, they know? asked him, you know, what do you tell your team about avoiding turnovers? And he essentially said, if you see a guy there, don't throw it to him. <laughs> I love that. That's breaking it down to the simplest form. What I I imagine is then uh, someone like, uh, I think on the team at the time, Alec Burks going, oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. Oh, okay, and getting out a little notebook and making notes. That's what I imagine there. But the Jazz defense last night I think was much, much better, and I really think that that belongs to a day of rest, their Sabbath day that was Monday night as it was Sunday, uh, excuse me, Sunday night, uh, because they looked, Gordon, in that first half against the Toronto Raptors, they looked like the geriatric league going up against the high school seniors in that first half against Toronto. And uh, I was actually producing the game, and midway through that third quarter, uh, it looked like, and it was just a two- or three-point game, but it felt like it was a 13-15, 18-point game. And I thought the Jazz were just going to fade away and just say, well, we're tired. What do you want from us? Mm-hmm. And instead they fought and got that done. And PK kind of poo-pooed that and said, well, that's the bare minimum is try hard. Mm-hmm. If you want to pat him on the back, go ahead. But I think that, that there's something there because then what they showed last night looked like they'd had a whole summer off and it had really just been one day. Yeah, I, I, I understand that these guys are paid a lot of money. 
And I understand that it's a privilege for them to be able to have the opportunities they have professionally, but they're human beings and they do get tired. And, and some people just sort of toss that aside. I don't know whether that's a leftover from the old Stockton and Malone years you know, or whatever, but uh, they are human beings and they do get tired and it does affect the way they play. I think what it stems from, and I, and I can uh, respect this and appreciate it, is there's people out there that are doing actual hard labor, real hard jobs every day that they have to get up tomorrow and when they're tired have to go do it still. And I think that, you know, when your back is aching and you've got a headache and you've got a, a, a hurt, a sprained elbow and you still have to go roof the next day tomorrow in, in Midvale, you don't want to see a multimillionaire complaining about, you know, needing a day of rest. No, but but it's guy, different the, worlds. Yeah, the guy cleaning the office isn't going up against Damian Lillard. <laughs> or worse, yeah. up against a guy like uh, Rudy Gobert or Andre Drummond or, or uh, LeBron James. These are these are bruisers. So Wait, I, thought it's I, I thought Andre Drummond wasn't going to matter. Is that what? Well, you he's said? a big guy. Yeah. He isn't going to matter that much if you haven't uh, watched recently. Uh, but uh, he's a big person that I wouldn't want to run into. I think I'd rather roof uh, a roof in Midvale in June than run into Andre Drummond. I don't know. I, you know, I, I yeah, uh, that's a good point actually. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway. I think the Jazz are trying to position themselves so that they can play the Lakers in the first round. Whoa. Just kidding. That was, well, you know what? That's not actually that hot of a take right now because LeBron James looks like he's 86. <laughs> and Anthony you know, Davis pulled it out last night, but until last night, Anthony Davis looked like he was done too. When guys start complaining about the playing aspects, you know that they're hurting a little bit, yeah. you know? And to hear it from LeBron, come on, LeBron. <laughs> I mean, did the seventh or eighth spot ever mean that you deserve some privilege yeah. that others don't? I mean, yeah. I, right now, I think the Jazz, you and I talked about it before the show, they, they are caring more about being rested and being healthy for the playoffs than they are about finishing first in the West. And I – and I get it. I understand what's going on. I just feel bad for the fans because the fans want them sure. to win. And, and you know, they come out to the games, you uh, you cheer this team on, and you, you want them to win all the time. You want them to, uh, to win the Western Conference during the regular season. I've decided that, uh, Austin, I, I, I think they should increase the value of finishing first or second in the conference. I think that uh, in your first round matchup, you should – you start one zero. You get a one game advantage. Yeah. You're nuts. <laughs> get out of here with that nonsense. Come on. What would that incentivize? How about this? Uh, how about not? You don't get a one game advantage. Let's not get crazy. But the other team has to play game one with one hand tied behind their back. <laughs> well, let it be their non dominant hand. You can still have your shooting hand available. How about that? Now, now that might bring a comedic factor that I had. Really <laughs> you must of. watch TV, is yeah. what it would be. <laughs> you got to run backwards. How about well, we. You got to hop up and down on your left foot? Yeah, yeah the, the uh, advantaged team does not have to play wearing snorkel gear. <laughs> Right. The the road team has to start in the full goggles, flippers of the whole garb. <laughs> Play game one that way. And that but then if you lose game one to a team wearing snorkel gear, you're out. That's the end of the series. 
There's you can't it's, there's, it's over. How about like uh, how about Groucho Marx glasses, <laughs> <laughs> but a big nose with yeah. oven mitts? Yeah, <laughs> we could make this fun, man. How about this? You choose three people in the starting lineup. We chop off their fingers. <laughs> <laughs> then you that's see little, how you do that's that. That's a little bit too permanent, I think. Oh, well, okay. give them a game advantage. Jeez. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, come on. Something, something to incentivize this because right now nobody I'm cares. You. I'm with you. It means really, especially in a season when there may not be that much of a home court advantage, and they're moving up towards more numbers, more and more people being in the stands, but the crowd is what gives you a home court advantage, right? It's, well, the, the fans are the ones – those are the ones I feel bad for because they they sh- they pay they pay their money, they show up at the games when they're allowed to, they care if they're watching on TV wherever they're pouring their heart and soul into this. If the team doesn't care really whether it wins or not, why should the fans? That's and I think they care about winning, but they don't care about winning that one seed is what you're saying, right? Yeah, well, it'd be nice if there was a reason to. to I mean, a a big reason. To uh, to want to get that accomplished. What if every fan got a hundred grand? <laughs> well, Could we do that? I, I don't think so. Okay, no. now right. you're hitting the pocket. Right. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is the Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. <laughs> Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, band of the day today. It's a total request Tuesday. And my guy, Alex Lundberg, 247 Lundy on Twitter, was talking about fictional bands. So I thought, why not have people uh, give us their requests for fictional bands or songs? Hop on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Eric Jensen Sport, at Gordon Monson, at Zone Sports Net. Get your requests in. And, of course, this is the O'Neaters, later called The Wonders, from uh, That Thing You Do. Do you like that movie, Gordon, That Uh, Thing You Do? I have uh, heard that movie many times, but I've never seen it. What do you mean you've heard it? I was driving the car when my kids were watching it. Uh, um, oh. On the in the rear seats. You, uh, it's it's on Amazon Prime right now, and you would love it. I would. Yes, being a Beatles guy, it kind of takes a spin off of the Beatles fame that they ran into. Yeah, you would really. It's it's your back when you were uh, you know in your mid forties. <laughs> Uh, in the 60s. <laughs> you know, those youngsters from Liverpool. <laughs> yes, those guys. Know, I, was, I was impressed. <laughs> they were all right, I, I think you think. So <laughs> that's our band of the day today. All right, let's dive in because I went way too long in the first segment. John Wilner of the Mercury News joined the, the station last week and talked about this absurdity. The Pac-12 is currently on the search for a new commissioner uh, as Larry Scott's uh, reign of terror will end this June. Uh, and and uh, they, But the crazy thing is, is that unprecedentedly, the Pac-12 is reportedly looking to have two commissioners. Two? One, two. One will be acting as a liaison to the athletic directors. The other will run the conference. What so, do you mean, Ron? What? what, what? 
So uh, is that like having two kings? That, that's a little bit. So Chris, or excuse, yeah, your guy Chris Hill uh, talks about all the time about uh, how the com- the number one complaint about Larry Scott in the Pac-12 was from the athletic directors. They could not get a hold of him. They couldn't talk with him. They couldn't reach out to him. That he didn't. He seemed to not care because he treated it like he worked for the school presidents. The school presidents don't care about the sports. They care about the academics. So instead of fixing that problem, they're like, okay, we'll have one guy that only works with the presidents and one guy that works with the ADs. But Dennis Dodd joined the big show last week and said, well, who do, who do they report to, each right. other? Yeah, right, yeah. So what's your reaction? This is news to you, I bet. No, it is news because uh, I was not getting these reports as I was uh, uh, lounging about. Well, you win because it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, it just doesn't seem to make sense. You want to have somebody who's got – Unless you don't trust that person, and maybe that's uh, that's what's left in the wake of uh, Larry Scott. Uh, this is ridiculous. I agree. Authorities don't don't want to empower anybody. Uh, they they want uh, checks and balances, and uh, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Somebody's got to make the decision. Now, Wilner did say he has sources within the, that are stressing to him that this is not a done deal. This is not the the uh, finished decision that they are still considering having a single person like the other P5s do run, be the conference commissioner. But it, by all reports and intents, it seems that their number one option, their number one plan is to have two people running the conference. And well, I don't see how that will ever work. I think that uh, those concerns should, uh, should be the concerns of the commissioner not the commissioners. <laughs> and, right. and it seems to me like uh, the, the duality there can be handled by one person. Uh, why, why don't you do it by committee then? Why don't you have five guys, why five not, women, yeah. whoever? Why not 12, one per team? Yeah, everybody, everybody gets a vote. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that, that's a, this is equal opportunity commissioner is what we're going for. No, right? I mean, I, somebody's got to be in charge. Somebody's got to make important decisions. And you, so you hire the right guy to make the right decisions. It's not not not, not two. It's just, it's just crazy. Not I, like that. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't think that is your answer. It's, this it's is ridiculous. <laughs> wow. I don't know where that one came from. Uh, but oh, what do you mean? You concocted it. <laughs> I did not. Uh, I'm not back there. Eric's back there today. It's like being on. Imagine you're on a a, a ship. And you've got two captains, and one says we're going to the leeward side, and one says we're going to the windward side. What happens to the ship? You fight. I'll tell you, you what you happens. Mutiny. Ship happens. Uh huh. There it is. But it's there's been enough ship happening in the Pac-12 for many many years. Yeah, the ship has been very deep. I cannot. I, I cannot believe <laughs> that what I assumed were smart, intelligent, uh, all with it people. I cannot believe that they're considering going down not only the same path as they were to get another Larry Scott type, but add um, two of them. It, it, it's, it's, you, don't, you don't put out fires with gasoline, and that's what they're attempting to do here. Yeah, I, 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 it's just unnecessary. You know, you hire the right guy who has the right uh, priorities and uh, has uh, good judgment. That's what you want out of a commissioner. And, uh, you know, maybe they're just – maybe this is brainstorming. Maybe, uh, maybe you know, we, nobody should jump to any conclusions because, you know, Austin, have you ever sat down and brainstormed? I've never thought out a thing in my life. Uh, but, <laughs> what are you talking have, about? Have you, have you ever have – you, have you ever, 
uh, been with a group who's trying to come up with ideas, and what's the first thing you say? You say, all right, no judgment. This is just brainstorming. Let's see. Even what though we, you don't mean it. Yeah. Let, let, let's see what we can come up with here. <laughs> maybe maybe this is one of those deals. I don't know, but it sounds like they're, they've moved on down the, the highway a ways with this one. It seems like, it, it. honestly, what it reminds me of is that day that Bronco thought it would be cool to have honor, tradition, and spirit instead of the players' names on the back of the jersey. <laughs> Presented it to everyone like, oh, they're all going to love me. And no one thought it was a good idea. This is what this reminds of me is the, these uh, people at the Pac-12 are like, now there, here's something innovative. We'll have two. And they thought everyone was going to be like, brilliant. And instead, <laughs> because, you know, we're not idiots, we tell them you are idiots. Well, Austin's a pretty smart guy. Uh-huh. Uh, this is what I would essentially compare this to. Um, there are times when it's good to have two voices. I mean, think about your marriage. You know? Okay. I mean, <laughs> think about the times you might have come up with an idea and then uh, a wiser voice was added and said, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> but but, but that's, that's in a joint kind of let's work this through kind of situation. And all, the, all our listeners out there, think about your spouse or your partner, whoever, and uh, who, how, how those decisions are made. But in this case, it sounds like, Oh, this is my territory, and that's your territory. And then, how do you? Then is there some sort of clash between the two territories? And those two territories, you know, mix together like every day. <laughs> and then, then the two territories, you know, build a wall or they go to battle against one another. I, I, it's, yeah. There, there's conflict here. I, I don't. Uh, and you know, maybe someone has some reasoning that makes a little bit of sense, but really. I Not mean, possible. It just doesn't seem necessary. No, cars have one steering wheel for a reason. You don't have. <laughs> you might have someone in the passenger seat that thinks they're driving, but the, at the end of the day, only one of you has the wheel in your hand. Are you one of those guys? I, I when am. Your wife is driving. Do you bark orders? No. Or does she bark orders at you? Yes. I only have one Porsche. She, well, and when you're driving that one Porsche, what you don't need is my wife. Bless her. Is the. She she reacts the same if we're going to die off die, if you drive off a cliff. <laughs> she makes the same noise if we were driving off a cliff or if she forgot to brush her teeth this morning. And so then I'm swerving all over the she she go <gasps> from the passenger seat and I'll swerve and with it's like I'm gonna run over a school children school children and it's just oh I, I forgot to uh, uh, order a toilet paper yesterday or something. It's like now that let me get over this heart attack and then we'll continue on our journey. Uh, she is a backseat driver, a side seat driver, and I'm not because uh, I, I don't. Uh, when when someone else is driving, I actually just close my eyes and pretend I'm anywhere else. Wait, wait, does, does she actually tell you where to turn? You're driving too fast. You're tailgating. <laughs> you So far, you've not said anything that didn't happen yesterday. So it's. It, <laughs> she she knows it too. She knows she's bad. She knows she's bad because Does it's, she tell you you're speeding? You slow down? Usually it's you? you're not going fast enough. Get around this person. <laughs> Get up there. Oh, don't let them do that to wow, you. She's, she's an angry driver. She's micromanaging. <laughs> All right. Speaking of my wife and Mother's Day, I'm obviously gonna have to do something extra special after this segment this week. I can't believe you put up with that. <laughs> I don't really. I'm just, kidding. I'm uh, kidding. I just joke. Uh, I, I I don't put up with it, but she doesn't care what I have to say about it either. Does that make sense? So, wait. Well, the most important question of all is, do you listen? No! 
I'm driving. That's, uh, there's only one steering wheel, and the commissioner of the conference has the steering wheel. You can, you can hear the input, but you don't have to listen to the input, right? All right. All right. All right. All right.